What's up, everybody? This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to your Friday morning. What's good? I was just listening to a podcast as I was walking from uh, my car to my actual office, which is quite a little jaunt. So um, I was listening to um, Gary Vaynerchuk, who is the reason why you hear this podcast on Anchor. Uh, on uh, Diary of a CEO, which is this British guy. He's just got the loveliest voice. And, um, you know, there are a few gyms uh, out here, people who who haven't taken a traditional media route, I don't think. I mean, he's British, and he seems pretty young. I don't think he's been on TV for years and years or anything. And a YouTube has a way of, you know, finding some of these guys who like coffeezilla people who aren't professional journalists but have gone down the rabbit hole and built great channels on youtube and uh diary of a ceo i think his name is stephen bartlett i am not sure i just looked it up yesterday because he doesn't put his name hardly anywhere um but anyway he has gary vanderchuk on and the reason why i say gary's responsible for this podcast is because I was listening to him pretty hardcore in 2016 and 2017. You know, he was calling out people who pretended to be entrepreneurs but didn't want to grind, didn't want to hustle. And I didn't take to him at first because I was like, dude, I'm doing the best I can. I'm working. And then when I really started to really started focus on being an entrepreneur, building up uh, relationships, building up content, I realized, okay, I do have another gear. You know, you can't be binge watching Netflix and call yourself a hustler. It just, it doesn't go together. You know, you can't play video games all night and be like, oh, I'm a hustler. You're not, (laughs) you know. Uh, And that's when I had to start making really tough decisions. Like, there are going to be things I don't know. Movies I won't be able to see. Places I won't be able to go. Uh, And I really did. I, I put my head down for several years and just worked and tried to get really great at things and um one day I was listening to him and he was like you should try out this new uh technology just get a taste of it get out there and see what it's like and uh uh you know you could find your thing and it could be your anchor podcast and he's like, I don't have money invested in it. I just seen, I've seen the technology is pretty amazing. So I go, okay. So I downloaded the app. And back then, Anchor was like so much more fun. Oh, here we go with the yawning. My bad. Excuse me. Anchor was more fun because it was just a cool startup. They weren't part of a big giant corporation like they are now. Uh, it was more of a community. You could find all these other people who are just randomly doing podcasts and you encouraged each other and built like a little kinship because you, you know, you could trade messages, messages easily. You could listen to each other's podcasts and sort of like lift each other up. And um, I mean, they did one dramatic uh, rehaul of of this, uh, <coughs> excuse me, of this platform wow excuse me and then then they got bought by Spotify and then they just became a different company but I started because of Gary V and um I continue to do this because I enjoy it but he was the one who really sort of was like 
carve your space out in this new technology and see what happens. And so that's what I've done. Um, and now we're in season six. Uh, I started this in 2017. I think it was July 2017. I just started uh, podcasting as I was working. I was working for myself at that time and and, and gathering clients. And uh, so I had more free time in the e- evenings and afternoons to like just grab the phone and chit chat about the day's events. And then I started working full time. And so now you get um, what I'm thinking just before I start my full time gig every day. So um, that's it. Thank you, Gary V. And so I like I like Gary and I like that he's chilling a little bit. He's calming down. I mean, when I first started listening to him, it was just like, you know, you're full of shit. You need to work harder. You just need to grind yourself to dust. And, you know, it's a little hardcore. Uh, I've, I've referred a few, a few friends to him and it's like, it's just a little hardcore because everybody's not going to be able to do that. You know, everybody does not have that in them. And, um, you know, you just have to do the best with what you have, the energy you do have. So I want to thank Gary V. I will always thank him because he was a big motivator for this podcast, which has become a huge part of my life. So, yes, I was up last night with my mom. She did not stay asleep the whole night, but uh, she didn't stay asleep and we fought. Mm, I heard her moving around. I get into the kitchen about midnight and, I mean, for some reason she's trying to make coffee. She always tries to make coffee and I think she's just in some sort of, I don't know what you would call this, like a trance or like a a dream state like so if I brought this to her she would not remember it at all and she got so mad she was like so I guess you just want me to go to bed and I was like yeah yeah that's exactly what I want you can't tell me what to do you don't do anything for me I mean she was just going off of me right and I'm like okay thanks good night okay yeah after all that still good night and she had over poured all this water into the coffee maker because for the life of her she cannot figure out how to make coffee and the water is the only, she only gets to that step. And for some reason, she just, there was just water everywhere. So I'm annoyed because I'm awake now cleaning up all this water. And she's just like going off. You don't do shit. You ain't, just, I hope you pass out in the floor. I hope you just pass out. Okay. Thank you. Good night. I don't need you up here with me. And it was weird because, you know, she was kind of calm at first. But when I said, you know, you need to go to bed. Oh, did you come out here to tell me to go to bed? It was just like, she turned into like a demon. It was really, really wild. I mean, she just got furious. I don't know. I don't understand this disease. Then, you know, of course, I'm all amped because I'm up in the middle of the night and I just had to clean up all this water. So I don't fall back asleep immediately. As you can see, I'm still sleepy. And uh, so I stay up a little bit just sort of like try not to fume I hear her get back up because that's what she does and I go out there immediately and I'm like you're going to bed right she's like oh yeah I just wanted a snack you want some and I was like no she was like I was just getting some of these crackers which are Cheez-Its because everything these days is about a Cheez-It and she was like you sure you don't want any and I'm like man she just went off on me 
and doesn't remember it and is offering me these hard these cheese it's pretty hardcore and I was like I don't want any cheese it's I'm fine so then she went to bed like seriously that is no joke <sighs> man I'm coughing I'm yawning you're getting a full meal deal here today hold on I got blood my nose now watch out oh yeah you're welcome I'm not gonna edit it I don't have time so yeah it was weird she just went off on me like at 12 15 by 12 45 she was offering me cheeses and couldn't couldn't have been more sweet want some cheeses are you sure you don't want any I'm just gonna have some of these crackers I'm like okay crackers good night and that is the nature of this disease it is fucking wacko you don't know what's going to happen (laughs) but you know i'd hope she'd sleep through the night but um she didn't quite make it that far but she was okay i mean she was okay so uh i got the majority of the night i slept and it was good so you just do the best that you can this is this is not a this is not an easy thing and i and i keep i'm posting articles on madlovepodcast.com excuse me um just for information purposes uh i know that many of you have listened and asked questions if you know me you know how to reach me so you ask me questions and i'm sure people are wondering i I offer more stats i offer more uh ways for you to see if your loved one is okay is your mom slipping is your dad a little not what he used to be um and just, I'm just going to try to keep giving some advice around this topic because I feel like it's needed and no one's really talking about it in mainstream media. They just keep overlooking it. And I don't know how that's possible because so many people are going to need this level of home care and it's going to be someone that you uh, love that's going to have to take care of them. So it's either going to be you or your partner or your, um, you know, some female, your sister, your aunt, somebody is probably going to have to stop their lives to try to take care of parents or a group of people. And it's going to be difficult and challenging. And I don't want people to feel blindsided like I felt blindsided. You know, I am super congested this morning. What's what's going on? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. And it's hard. And if you know a caregiver, you should pat them on the back. And don't just keep trying to pepper them with advice. And, well, so-and-so does this. And then, you know, send them some cash. Go sit with the person for an hour so they can go get a coffee with their friends. Do stuff for a caregiver. You know, everybody's, they hear these buzzwords and they all, you need self-care. Yeah, okay, I do. But I also need your help so I can get out here and care for myself. You know, what about that part? So it's just like these words, they get in my nerves. I talked to one of my friends. She listened to my podcast yesterday. What up, Muse? And she was like really upset. I'm okay. I really am. And it is okay to laugh at these stories. They are funny. I laugh a lot. You know, after I get done uh, being horrified and pissed off. Excuse me, I'm about to blow my nose. But they are funny. These are hilarious stories. 
Uh, and if it wasn't me, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> this is so funny. But, you know, when in the moment when I'm standing there mopping up that coffee and her, uh, co- the water for the coffee machine and she's yelling at me and giving me the business, you know, that's not hilarious in the moment. But eventually it, it will be it'll be funny because I'm telling you when she was talking about she was like near death. I kid you not. A couple days ago, I was like, this is it. I need to call people. And then, you know, she just sort of like snapped out of that and wanted a snack. It's like, I'm pretty sure you're not dying if you want a snack. I've never heard anybody be like, oh, I'm going to give up the ghost after I have my snack. <laughs> just, It's a weird way to live. So bizarre. But it is what it is, right? You know? And, uh, yeah, I was talking to this friend, too, about the R. Kelly thing. It's it's hard to watch. I'm, I, you know, I'm not trying to belittle uh, the fact that it's hard to watch, but I think the filmmakers made a brave decision to show you everything. I feel like we know or have seen at least a small amount of, enough of what the jury saw and heard like they didn't play it for us but when you listen to some of the stuff like you can skim the the documents but also when you see the reporters these are seasoned reporters and how they reacted to some of the testimony it it's powerful and i'm glad that the filmmakers uh made that decision because it helps people understand you don't really know what's going on in a case if you don't get to see the police reports, uh, talk to witnesses. Like it's really easy to comment on who shouldn't go to jail and who shouldn't do this. If you're not actually a part of the, uh, jury or any part of the criminal process with this person, the details that most juries hear are way, way, way more, um, there's just more abundant than what you would hear in a newspaper. Your newspaper is not doing you any services by saying, yeah, you know, anything about a trial. Like, in fact, I noticed that uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, we used to have an excellent trial reporter, uh, and now he's gone, and I don't think anybody's really taking his place. And he was good, but even he wasn't always privy to everything. And they, it's just, there's this weird rule that... Uh, media can't really talk about cases and people don't do investigative journalism anymore. Um, so you may have heard a headline, but it's not even close to what the real crime and the real issue is, you know? And so a lot of times that sets people up to look less guilty or be more empathetic. Listen, these producers slam the door on R. Kelly. If you want to know the truth about him, if you want to, uh, care and extend love and support towards these victims watch that show you will have no doubt in your mind that all these people did not make all of this up that this was a 30-year sex trafficking endeavor and he did some horrible horrible things to these women uh, girls and women and it's sad that it could go on this long and I cannot wait till somebody decides to sue drive records you know and whatever big uh, record company has gobbled them up, which is probably Universal Music at this point. Um, just guessing because they own, it's like three music labels left. But there's a there's a civil suit in there 
and I'm not a lawyer, but I know that, uh, and it's it's horrible. I mean, these these kind of enterprises cannot be left to stand, and it's been. Um, I mean, I've I've followed this guy's career. He got famous when I was a young person listening to that kind of music. R&B was huge. And I remember watching a lot of his videos, listening to a lot of his music. Even though I wasn't a huge fan, you couldn't avoid it. Try to avoid I Believe I Can Fly in like 1994 or 5, whenever that shit came out. I believe I can fly. I mean, that thing was everywhere. And I thought it was self-deluded then, but I had no idea... Uh, it was that self-deluded. I think I think it was, I believe I can find from Space Jam, right? If I recall, the first Space Jam. And that video was everywhere. And I think he performed that song everywhere. In fact, we had a little cousin. I have a little cousin who performed it like two or three years in a row as their little talent. I believe I can fly. Okay. You know, I am not a huge R. Kelly fan, but you could not escape him from like 1990, I would say 91, 92 to 2003, 2004. I mean, he, and you could tell when he got arrested the first time he thought he was going to jail. I mean, he was pumping out music constantly. It was like, how many records can one person put out? You must really think you're going to jail. You know, you didn't put out five records in a year. Like it was nuts. It was like single after single after song after song, soundtrack everywhere. Here's R. Kelly. And I really think he was afraid he was going to jail in the in the mid two thousands and he should have. But he was still making hits. All right, brother. I wonder what, what the jail songs is gonna sound like. Cause you know he's gonna keep making jail music. I just I mean, he needs help. But some people just, they have gone past help. You know, my friend couldn't even watch it, watch the rest of the series. And she's a therapist. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot. And if I didn't do the work I did, I probably couldn't watch it. Because it was getting hardcore. It was like, are you kidding me? Like, Like, how many more people can you rape? How many young girls did were you raping and no one said anything? I mean, it just makes you disgusted with the whole group of people around him and all those enablers and handlers and other women who were participating in this. You know, it's like, what's that other story where it was women who were basically facilitating the whole thing? I can't even think of it, but it's like, it's almost disgusting to think that there are no maternal instincts in some of these women. Like, they just won't protect a young girl. Somebody 14 walking into a music studio with R. Kelly is nothing but a potential victim, period. And you had women who made uh, made the, the travel arrangements, who maintained all these fucking prisoners in, in the homes. And they were like, well, the people were allowed to leave, but he was putting all these psychological... That's why he picked children, because he was able to psychologically control them. I mean, you couldn't pay me twenty five. There was, there's no amount of money you could pay me for me to walk into an R. Kelly house. I never cared for him, and I didn't like his music that much. And I'm just, I don't know. I am an energy person. This is why L. A. was always so weird for me because I went off of energy. Uh, and I'm not trying to say I'm like 
Jesus or anything, but I do have a very strong sense of of a vibe of like an energy type thing. And when it feels dark, I'm I'm not like in a movie. Oh, this seems weird. Let's walk in anyway. No, no, that's not me. I will turn around like, yo, this feels weird. I don't want no parts of this. I'll give you an example, then I'll let you guys go. When I was in visiting in Seattle, and this is how I felt in L.A., it just was a weird vibe there around the entertainment industry. Now, I don't know about other industries, but granted, I was out there trying to get into film, and I found people felt sinister to me. No one was telling the truth. They all lied to you in your face because, you know, you're the next best thing, and if 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 you're the next big thing, so if if they are honest with you, um, there's a chance that you might, you know, become a big star and you'll, they'll, you'll remember that they said some crazy shit to you or, you know, they just want you to always remember them fondly because, you know, you might go to another studio and become a huge success and then people will find out and you'll get fired because you just, um, you ignored like this huge star in the making which I'm making it convoluted and I don't mean to. It's just a weird vibe around that uh, around that industry. So an example of me honoring my gut feelings when something is isn't right. I'm sure I told the story before. I was visiting one of my friends from college. Uh, He was living with his wife in Seattle, his wife at the time. And me and my friend from here, we just flew out there and we were traveling around uh, Seattle area, and she's from Seattle, his wife, his first wife. So uh, she was like, there's this area uh, called the Devil something. I want to say Elbow, but I wound up saying, when I saw it, I was like, this is not the Devil's Elbow. This might be the Devil's Asshole. I do remember saying that. (laughs) So anyway, I was like, dude, what is this? So she was like, well, I'll show you. Let's walk down this. So we had to park our car at the top of this like hill. And then, and this is Washington state. So these, when I say hill, it's really like the side of a mountain, right? So it didn't take long for us to get down into like, like this little pathway where when you looked over, there was no edge we were standing on our on the path, but we were on the top of like like giant ass trees, like a forest with a sheer face that just dropped off. And I was like, what in the world is this? I mean, people were just hanging out and, and running and walking. And I was like, I don't like this. I, there's nothing. I don't want to get down in this ravine. I don't care for this at all. And uh, I was like, dude, this is like a hundred foot drop. And it was, I I don't like heights. So I looked over and I was like, we're at the top of these giant like evergreen trees. This is dangerous. And she was like, oh, it's the devils. I was like, I'm not, uh uh-uh. And so I said, this feels weird, dude. Not just the sheer drop off, but there was a point where it was just the three of us on this weird path. And I was like, I don't, this doesn't feel right to me at all. And I was, she was like, do you want to go back? And I was like, I do. When we turned around, there was a dude at the top of the hill now. 
and silhouette with this dog. And the energy was just off, off, off. I was like, this this could end real bad. Luckily, it's three of us and not just one of us out here by ourselves. I was like, we need to get back to the car. Like, that's, I don't, I'm looking at this dude in silhouette. He's got this dog and it didn't feel innocuous. It felt like something like he didn't, he didn't try to hurt us. But I remember when we walked by him, I was like, this, this guy harms people out here. You could just tell, you could just feel it. And I was like, I don't, mm mm-mm. This I am so glad, and I looked at uh, my friend's ex-wife, and I was like, I hope when you come out here that you never come out here by yourself. There is no reason to ever be in a place like this by yourself. You are a com- completely vulnerable. Anybody is completely vulnerable by themselves in something called the devil's elbow, which is really inappropriate name because I think it should have been called the devil's asshole because it was horrible. I was like, this is horrible. And then, you know, when you're walking, so it was a sunny day, which is odd because it was Washington, Seattle, but it was sunny. And But where he was, there was sun, but we were so just a hundred feet away from him. We were so deep into this thing, maybe not even a hundred, might even be like 50 feet. But by the time you walk down, you're shaded by these giant trees there's a like a hundred foot drop off I was like oh no I need to look that thing up because I did not care for that but my gut feeling was like we weren't safe and like I said there was a a moment there when it was just the three of us and I'm like what are we walking into and I was like I don't want to keep going I don't like this and when we turned around and that dude was just standing there with that dog in the silhouette and I was like he could really fuck us up (laughs) I was like, I just never come here by yourself. Like you could really literally just die here. This is the scene of a scary movie. So anyway, that's my honor and my gut story. Ah, I wish dragged this podcast on a long time. I apologize. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. Check out the articles, madlovepodcast.com. Uh, like them, forward them, share them. I, I mean, you're going to know someone who's going to need caregiving advice. Um, and you might as well start doing it now. Uh, they need to, and you all need to know the numbers too. It's just, it's astonishing that this doesn't lead the news after COVID. It is so obvious that we are going to struggle with healthcare when, when hundreds of people are going to need the same services and no one will be prepared to offer them in a, a cohesive, um, we need like military grade care for all of these dementia patients coming. And, uh, and I keep every time I say something, I hear people say, oh, I think I heard a story about a cure. OK. All right. I hope it's I hope all this stuff does happen. I do hope there's a cure. But in the meantime, in the meantime, there are going to be a lot of casualties because the cure because they don't know what causes it. The cure isn't going to work for everybody. And this diagnosis is only going to go up. Prepare yourselves. All right. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are absolutely the best. Thank you so much. (sighs) Have a great weekend.